0: Father, thank you because I'm anointed to teach, thank you because your people are anointed to receive, and together our faith is built up in the knowledge of the person of Jesus. I pray that light and understanding, signs, wonders, and miracles will take place under the teaching of your word, in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Alright, so we stopped last week on the fact that it was not only men that stood in the office of a prophet. Now, I, I want you to understand. Uh, I, I got a message whilst I was in the office from, from a minister in the U.S. It really blessed my heart. Um, he just reached out and said, Oh, well, you know, I listened to your prophets and prophecy part one. I was really blessed with it. I love your passion for accuracy of scriptures and other. Really, really blessed my heart that he would take the time to listen to it. Uh, my heart in teaching is to bring you to the place where you know what I know, that's my heart so I'm not, I'm not just teaching you to bless you that's, that's, that's why you see I use a lot of scriptures I take my time because I want you to know exactly what I know and so that wherever you go, you can be a source of solution to cure the confusion that we find in our world so, that's, so you must understand my heart and uh, when I was praying this evening, just settling in my heart, settling in my heart again on what kind of church do I want? I want a church that is based on education, not entertainment. I want a church where you you leave church, of course, we have the move of the Holy Ghost and all that. but I want a place where you live church it 's like you 've gone to school that's that 's my concept you you How many of you feel that way yeah we 're not there yet we 're still my, uh, my greatest desire now is to get an electronic board. So that's what I want to get. Some things, when I look at the body of Christ, and I'm not saying I'm the most perfect teacher in the body of Christ, but when I look at the body of Christ, I see the fact that uh, uh, ignorance is celebrated with passion. Okay? Uh, certain statements are thrown out that people don't even have a clue about so uh, I really want you if you want to survive in this church you, if you want to survive for the long term you have to change your mind on how to receive <laughs> hallelujah because I'm praying every day to become a better teacher and I'm studying every day to become a better teacher just to teach on this subject uh, um, outside of what I've studied I bought two books that I saw in Pastor, pastor's bookshop You know that I just paid for today Uh, So I had to read again. I had to read what some other people had written about the subject. So sometimes I read what some people uh, who don't believe in prophets have written just to see where their points are. You uh, you understand that? To be able to look into the scriptures because there are people who don't believe that they are prophets today. Praise God. So so, um, I want to take you in a very systematic way as we have established that they were Female prophets in the Old Testament so they were women who served in the office of a prophet I said something last um, Wednesday and I want to clarify it with scriptures and show you, go go with me first of all to Isaiah chapter um, what did I do here Isaiah 33, go with me to Isaiah 33 very quickly Isaiah chapter 33. Isaiah 33 and verse 22. Remember, I said, the reason God chose Israel was to... Uh, how many of you, when you go for mathematics class, right, when they are teaching mathematics, your teacher does... Would that be a good example? Okay, yeah. It's good example, not perfect example. But your teacher picks what you call um, classwork, right? Or oh, you didn't go to mass class. <laughs> your teacher gets classwork, right? Then the classwork, although the classwork is always easier than the homework, but the classwork is an example to show you how to do what? To solve the homework. Fantastic. God picked Israel... If you if you follow from Genesis chapter 1, God has always dealt with men. Noah, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. And out of Jacob came the 12 tribes. Out of the 12 tribes came the nation of Israel. So God has always used the nation uh, to show an example of how he wants the world to be governed. God always takes something and uses it as an example. So uh, I said in the governance of Israel, in the leadership of Israel, they were to operate under what you call a theocratic government. The word theo, T-H-E-O, means God. Uh, all right? So just as you have democracy, right? And uh, autocracy and um, whatever, uh, that you have the various forms of government. Uh, the government of the children of Israel were to be theocracy. Now pay attention because it's very important to the foundation of the office of a prophet in the New Testament. That's what we're going to deal with today. So in Isaiah chapter 33, verse 22... He says, for the Lord is our judge. The Lord is our lawgiver. And the Lord is what? Our king. If you look at that, and you're a student of government, if you look at that critically, you would realize that you have the three arms of government reflected in Isaiah chapter 33, verse 22. So it means that the God was to be the sole governor the sole leader of the nation now god told them not to be like other nations but other nations had kings so they wanted kings all right so they now had kings then they had judges then they had um then they had prophets and i've explained all of that now if you go to uh, exodus chapter 19 verse exodus chapter 19 and verse 6 exodus chapter 19 and verse 6 Exodus 19.6 Next year I'm still praying about it so in case it doesn't happen don't say I said. Next year I'm praying about if the Lord will give me the liberty I uh, will you want to start what I call School of the Bible um, Could you be another service strictly for teaching the Bible for two hours. There is so much of the scriptures that I want to teach, I don't think I have all the time uh, to go at this pace. At this pace, uh, if we're teaching at this pace, there's be a lot we will not cover. Alright? So, uh, we were going to be starting... A, 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 like I said, I'm still praying about it, just if it doesn't happen. Uh, but if the Lord gives me the go-ahead, we're going to have a, a a school of the Bible that would just be a Bible school that will run all through the years, especially when I'm around... Uh, There's no praise worship, we just come, praise the Lord, thank Him for five minutes and I'll teach for two hours, okay? For those who really want to learn the Word of God. So if you are one of those people, be praying about it. If the Lord gives us a green light, we'll go ahead with it. There's so much we need to learn at this one hour Wednesday and one hour Tuesday. It's going to take me a hundred years to cover the things I need to teach you and I don't think I have a hundred years. Exodus chapter 19, verse six, "And you shall be to me G- uh, God speaking to the children of Israel, a kingdom of priests, a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words that you are to speak to the sons of Israel. So God called the children of Israel a holy nation and a kingdom of priests." Now come with me to uh, come with me to First Peter chapter two. 1st Peter chapter 2 in 1st Peter chapter 2 and verse 9 1st Peter 2 9 1st Peter 2 9 just give me a moment 1st Peter chapter 2 verse 9 it says but you are talking about the new creation you are what? a chosen race right? just as you talk about the black race the white race what other race do you have? Hispanic race. (laughs) You are a chosen race. A royal priesthood. Praise the name of the Lord. A what? Holy nation. Now you find out that the same words that he used for the children of Israel, he used for you. That you are the holy nation. Alright? A people of God's possession so that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who has called you out of darkness, talking about our redemption, into his marvelous light. Now, because he was referring to the Gentiles, go to the next verse, verse 10, because he was referring to the Gentiles, he says, but for you once were not a people. Why did he say you were not a people? Because you were not the people he was referring to in Exodus that we just read. Right. It says, For you once were not a people, but now are what? I didn't hear that. Now are what? The people of what? Of God. So so now in God's mind, there is no difference between the Jew and the Gentile. The redeemed child of God is now the people of God. Praise God. That should make you glad. Amen. It says, You had not received. Mercy, But now you have received what? Mercy. Okay. So, why did I read all of those scriptures? Because we realize that in the Old Testament, because God wanted to govern the nation of Israel, He governed them by prophets and kings and judges. But how does He want to govern this new nation He has formed? Not the way He governed the Old Testament. The prophet in the New Testament does not occupy that same office they occupied in the Old Testament. And we will get there. Let's put up this subheading. There were prophets who were not sent by the Lord. Prophets who were not sent by the Lord. Just a subheading. I'll deal with that and I'll come back here. Jeremiah chapter 23. Uh, Jeremiah had a lot of uh, opposition against the Prophets. So let's let's go to Jeremiah chapter 23 and verse 21. Just want to show you something. That there can be prophets prophesying in the name of the Lord that are not sent by the Lord. And its false prophets did not emanate today. You know, sometimes when you don't... Uh, Smith Wigglesworth, uh, an old general of faith, used to say something. He said, if I read the Bible only for one year and I do not read the newspapers, I will know what's going on in the whole world. And the truth of the matter is that there is nothing you're seeing in the world today that if you study scriptures, you would not find. You know, people talk about false prophet like, <laughs> like it was today. A false prophet emanated. Not true. They've been there. Jeremiah 23 and verse 21. It says, I did not send these prophets. These, these, T-H-E-S-E, prophets, P-R-O-P-H-E-T-A-S would mean many of them. Am I right? Here, am I right? So we're talking about many people now. Alright. It says, I did not send these prophets, but they ran. He says, I did not speak to them, but they prophesied. So it tells us that there are people who we can prophesy when the Lord hasn't spoken. Hmm? Verse 22, verse 22. But if they had stood in my counsel then they would have announced my words to my people and would have turned them back from their evil way and from their evil deeds. Now, pay attention here. He says, if they had stood in my counsel, if they have stood where I want them to stand and they have heard what I had wanted them to hear, they would announce my words to my people. What's going to be the purpose of these announcements? Somebody, what's going to be the purpose of these announcements? they will turn them back from their evil way and from their words. Evil deeds. This tells us that one of the roles of the prophet is actually to turn people from their evil way. Not just to tell you what's wrong with you, but to turn you from your evil way. Alright? So we know that there were prophets that ran and prophesied that the Lord had none said. Jeremiah chapter 14 and verse 14. Jeremiah 14, 14. Uh, it's interesting I 'm studying the prophets right now, actually the judges, but it's interesting to note that um, during the time of, of Jeremiah, the Lord was speaking to the people about captivity, that you guys are going to go into captivity. Remember, follow me now, remember when Daniel prayed, Daniel's, uh, the scripture tells us about Daniel that he had understood that the number of the years that the children of Israel were to be in captivity was to be for how many years? I didn't hear you. It was to be for how many years? 70 years. So according to the writings of Jeremiah, so uh, Jeremiah had documented that the children of Israel were going to be in captivity for 70 years, all right? That's why God told them, because you're going to be there for 70 years. When you go to the captivity, enjoy yourself there. He says, marry, build house give your children out in marriage because you would have grandchildren in captivity. That was what the Lord told them. Now, some prophets came and they prophesied peace. So, false prophets, false prophecy is not just when something is bad. False prophecy actually is when somebody prophesies to you what exactly God is not telling you. It can be good. But it is not God asking that prophet to say that. Go to verse... Um, I said, Jeremiah 14, go to verse 13. But ah, Lord God, I said, <laughs> I said, look, the prophets are telling them, you will not see sword, nor will you have famine, but I will give you lasting peace in this place. The, this prophet came and said, oh, you are not going to see famine. You are not going to see sword. You are going to see peace. You know, sometimes when you, when you go and nine prophecies are said over you, you just think that's the word of the Lord. You have to discern. Glory to God. Now look at this, verse 14. Then the Lord said to me, look at this, look at what the Lord said. Everybody pay attention. The prophets are prophesying falsehood in my name. What name are they using? Well, come on, what name are they using? So a false prophet is not necessarily someone who is not using the name of God. Let me tell you, if I came in here now, I wouldn't, but if I came in here now and said, you know what, there's going to be famine, there's going to be destruction, there's going to be that, I just said that. And someone else came and said, you know what, there's not going to be famine, there's going to be peace, there's going to be prosperity. Tell me, who do you really think, just by sitting, you're going to think is a prophet from God? The one that said there's going to be work. Prosperity and peace. Because that feels good. So it's not, you, you, it's not what is coming out. It's who is asking them to say that. So he says, <laughs> I have neither sent them, nor commanded them, nor spoken to them. This is it. Everybody pay attention to this verse. He says, They are prophesying to you a false vision divination, futility. Look at what they are prophesying. The deception of their own minds. So it means a man can prophesy the deception of his own mind. That's why you see that, for instance, I can come in now and look at everybody seated and see a well-dressed person and prophesy prosperity. It's the deception of my own mind. The richest person in this church now might not be wearing proper clothes. And then I just see somebody who is not wearing proper clothes. I say, ah, God is, God is lifting you up. That man has already been lifted up. It's the deception of my own mind. That's why sometimes, as a minister of the gospel, every time sometimes you stay, people begin to prophesy, you're going to the nations, you're going to the nations. Not every minister will go to the nations. It can be the deception of your own mind. Are you following what I'm saying? And that's why, you know, many times I've spoken the word of the Lord over people, maybe when I'm ministering to people, just spoken the word of the Lord. And sometimes after the service, people came and said, Oh, uh, uh, Pastor, you said this. Uh, what did you mean by that? And I tell them, I don't remember what I said. You know, I think some people find this strange. Because actually, whatever I said, it wasn't because I was looking at you, or I, I can't read, I, I wasn't looking at you. It was just the word of the Lord. And however it feels, sort it out. So you must understand that false prophecy also comes from the deception of one's mind. Are you here? This is important. You know, when we're teaching this now, you're looking at false prophets. We will also bring this down to prophecy for your own life. When you're preaching the gifts of prophecy on your own life, if you're not careful, you will prophesy over your life what you want to hear. Are you hearing what I'm saying? All right. Um, some translation uses the word that word Their deception, uses the word delusion of their minds uses the word, the delusion of their minds your mind is very powerful in the operations of the spirit <laughs> and that's why you have to renew your mind I told you, you have to really renew your mind and walk in maturity if you're not careful, you can prophesy and see visions and see yourself out of the will of God uh, Jeremiah fourteen fourteen. Some says uh, the deceit of their own mind. So deceit, deceit, delusion, deception of their own minds. Jeremiah 23, man, this time is running so fast. Jeremiah 23, 32. Jeremiah 23, 32. I wonder why when I climb up, the time goes so fast. How many of you think that it does? You don't think so? You want to go? Home? I hope you are not thinking of, what you have cooked? This is, <laughs> you know, <laughs> many years ago, when um, when my dad started church. Jeremiah twenty three verse thirty two. When my dad started church, um, we were in an upstairs, and there are people downstairs, so they used to cook. You know, come back from church. We we're in church now, but he's come back this evening, right? And he will cook. You know, and so we can be in the service like this, and you would just hear—not hear, uh, hear now—you would perceive, you know, fried beings would just like a glory cloud. <laughs> then my my brother, Pastor Azuka, you know, we used to be in the media. Department. That's why I'm very big on media people because there are many years I stayed there. I didn't hear a message. We were just talking. We just say, ah, it's like they have put Maggie saying no, he's sold. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's why you, every time I look at the media guys because you know when you have been a criminal before and you are not a righteous man, you know what you can just be there. I, I remember one funny incident. Oh boy, let's go tell it to. I won't say that. I'm a new creature in Christ Jesus. Behold, I'm against those who have prophesied false dreams, declares the Lord, and related them and led my people astray by their falsehoods. So understand this, that a, a prophet can lead God's people astray. By what? The Bible says false dreams. By their falsehood and reckless boasting. Yet I did not send them or command them, nor do they furnish these people the slightest benefit. They, not, they just lead people away. You know, sometimes I'm amazed at the helplessness people, uh, people exhibit when these prophets start prophesying over them. You can just see the way, it's like they are beaten down. It's like they are, they are now before God. They are not even as humble when they are praying. And they stand before this prophet. Oh, help me, sir. Oh, help me. Oh, help me. Help my life. What is that? What is that? Look at it. It says, it says, reckless boasting. Can I prophesy? Can I? I mean, you could, you see, if a man meets God, he's humble. If you see God, if you ever met him, if you ever fellowship with God, it will humble you. It will be a privilege to be used of God. I watch out for boasting. Oh, I watch out for it. There is nothing that, that shows in the life of a man that he does not have a counter with God like pride. When you see God, the first thing God deals with in your life is pride because it's only the humble that he gives grace. One of the things I look for in the people who minister is pride. I'll know that there's no grace there because the truth of the matter is that if God is using you the way you're claiming to be used, And you know yourself, you will know that it's the grace of God. Hallelujah. All right. Just showing you some scriptures. Do you realize? I think this study is going to go longer than I intended. But do you realize that when Jesus was speaking to the woman uh, um, at the well, do you realize how Jesus spoke to her? He says, "Uh, Go call your husband. (laughs) The woman said, Oh, I don't have anyone. He says, Oh, you're right. Even the one year, look at the conversation. He didn't say, "Ah, who is who is, uh, who is Mark that you are staying with?" Am I like? You, do you realize today a prophet tells you something you now say you don't have? Ah, you want to embarrass me? You want to fall the hand of the man of God? Look at the humility with which Jesus engaged the woman. Are you following this now? Learn to be humble in life. Learn it. We, we live in a generation of pride. Learn to be humble. <laughs> and it starts with taking pictures with other people's car that is not your own. It, it, it starts with that. Deception. Deception. Those little things. Refrain yourself. Learn to. Learn to control yourself from certain places. We'll talk about that in Wisdom for Living. The wisdom of appearing less than you are. You know, many times when I'm flying, actually, uh, international flights, you will see some people, they are rushing to get into the plane. You'll be wondering, why are they in a hurry? Especially my, my sisters in the Lord. They would quickly rush to the business class. Sit down with their friends. You'll just snap them with business class. they will carry their things and go to economy. Take it until you make it. (laughs) Don't live like that. It's hypocrisy. It's falsehood. Rather, if that's what you aspire in your life, keep believing for it, keep praying for it, so that when you sit down there, they will not tell you to get up. (laughs) Jeremiah. (laughs) Oh, God Almighty. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Are you still here? All right. Jeremiah 27. And verse 14. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Jeremiah 27 and verse 14. (laughs) So do not listen to the words of the prophets who speak to you saying, You will not serve the king of Babylon. It says, For they prophesy a lie to you. They prophesy a lie. So a man can prophesy a lie. It's not truth. It's not what the Lord told them to say. You know why I'm reading all of these scriptures? That's why you have to be discerning. You have to discern. Is this true? Is this a lie? That responsibility is your responsibility. Because anybody can prophesy anything. And remember, we are not despising prophecy. We're not saying God cannot use prophets. What are we saying? We're putting in ourselves where we can judge prophecy. Let me tell you, no true man of God will tell you that you cannot judge their prophecies. You can't judge it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Praise God! Are you still here? All right. Jeremiah, we're at 27, uh, go to verse 15. For I have not sent them, declares the Lord, but they prophesy falsely in my name, in order that I may drive you out, and that you may perish, you and the prophets who prophesy to you. Hmm? So, they were just prophesying all those kind of prophecies. What were the functions of, of the prophets in the Old Testament? Let's look at this very quickly. What were the functions of the prophets in the Old Testament? The first thing is that the prophets foretold the, the coming of the Messiah. The prophet foretold the coming of the Messiah. Now, um, if you go with me to Luke chapter 24, if you go with me to Luke chapter 24, <laughs> hallelujah, and go to verse twenty four and verse forty four. Hallelujah. Uh, Luke twenty four, forty four. Now he said to them, Jesus speaking, These are my words which I spoke to you while I was with you, that all things which are written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. So the bulk of the prophetic words in the Old Testament was about Jesus. They spoke about the Messiah. That is why you realize that the only way the Jews could really identify the Messiah was through the Old Testament, the writings of the prophets. So the writings of the prophets were indicators to identify uh, the, the, the Messiah. Because many people came that they were the Messiahs, right? Even John the Baptist had to identify Jesus through the scriptures. So that's why you see, according to scripture. Every time you read the word in the Gospels and in the New Testament, according to scriptures, remember they're talking about the Old Testament. So first of all, they foretold uh, the coming of the Messiah, Isaiah 9, six. Come with me to Isaiah 9.6. Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 6. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Isaiah 9, 6. Praise God. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. You know, um, when you start studying the word of God like this, the word of God will no longer be boring. You begin to see how scriptures connect. And take these studies on your own. Start studying. You will begin to enjoy God's word. Praise the name of God. Isaiah 9, 6. It says... Sorry. Sorry. For a child will be born to us, a son will be given to us, and the government will rest on his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful, Cancer, Almighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. Alright? Talking about Jesus. So, it was through this prophecy that they knew who Jesus was. Number two, they foretold the the future events that God had willed. So if you go to Jeremiah chapter 30, verse 1 to 3, they foretold future events that God had willed. Now, that word future event there were events that were going to uh, um, occur in their days. That, talking about going into captivity, uh, um, the Amorites, the Assyrians coming after them. God used the prophets to warn them. And it was easy because... Why that happened a lot was because they were covenant people. And every time they broke the covenant, God allowed uh, the other nations to come and beat them up. Right? Then they would cry to God again. Father, we are sorry. Oh, Father, we are sorry. Please, we will not try it again. Then God will rescue them, raise up a judge. Right? And then they would start serving God again. before you know, bam, the guys have started again. You know, it was back and forth. That's why you realize that the new covenant is not between you and God. The new covenant is between God and Jesus on your behalf to believe. Because if they cut covenant with you, you know that by Wednesday. That's why all the things you promise God, I will not lie again. If you forgive me this land, they don't catch me, I will not lie again. You have just lied to him. Because as you are going home and you are <laughs> on your way home, somebody just called you. He said, where are you? Where are you? You say, oh, I'm close to the house. You just entered boss. You have just broken the covenant. Especially artisans. You are always close. Ah, where are you? I'm closer. I'm closer. It's taking you two days. You know, one time, ah, you must not normalize lying in your life. Don't normalize it. I was in a boss we're going to worry. (laughs) Boy. I've never seen one bus that had many passengers going to many places. (laughs) They'll call this one. This one will say, ah, I'm in This one, ah, we just arrived Port Harcourt. Like, I had to turn back and say, where are we going? (laughs) Where uh, Where exactly is this bus going? You know, those things, society can make them normal. don't normalize them. Let me go back to my script. Number three, to warn them of divine judgment upon their sin, both personal sin and national sin. Jeremiah chapter 36, 30 to 31. So the prophet of old warned them of national judgment. National judgment upon their sin and the national sin. Let's go quickly. Are you there? All right. Number four, to call the people back to obedience to God, to God's laws. The prophets were to call them back in obedience to God's laws. 2 Chronicles chapter 24 and verse 19. 2 Chronicles 24 and verse 19. Let's, let's read this one. I want us to read this. This is one of the major functions of the Old Testament prophet. Can we read it from verse 17 please? But after the death, 2 Chronicles chapter 24 and verse 17, one of the things you can do is as you're taking your notes, right? that's why you should listen to the message again, Uh, the areas you you don't have the complete stuff. Go back, listen to it again, okay? Uh, Make yourself a student of the word. It'll help you. Okay, let's go. 17. Uh, But after the death of Jehodiah, the officials of Judah came and bowed down to the king. And the king listened to them. Verse 18, look at what they did. They abandoned the house of the God of their fathers and served Asherim and the idols. So wrath came upon Judah and Jerusalem for this, their guilt. Um, (laughs) The the children of Israel were funny. Let's just leave them. Verse 19. Yet, look at this. He sent prophets to them to bring them back to the Lord. Though they testified against them, they would not listen. You see, one of the purpose of the any fivefold ministry is to bring you back to God. Not back to that man. To God. Are you hearing this let me give you a typical example you know as i'm teaching you on dreams and dreams and visions right and i said i want to use some of your dreams as examples and all that you know a couple of dreams that are coming in now let me tell you immediately i put up now and say you know what i'm going to interpret dreams and god is giving me a measure of grace to interpret dreams immediately i set that up now and i say every thursday is uh, this is an example I said every Thursday I'm going to be in the office to interpret dreams. This was going to happen. Uh, you, you're going to come, of course. I know. You, I already know some of you have said, "Oh, thank you, Jesus." Then, on Thursday, you would start coming, and God helps me. Uh, every grief you practice gets better. I, I start practicing on him. You know, it gets better. It gets better. It gets better. You tell your friend, "Oh, my pastor can." Maybe you're talking. You say, oh, "I did. Ah, oh, did my pastor forget it? Forget it." can interpret dreams. You bring your friend. Before you know, Thursday they would have 100 people here just waiting. What I have done is I've taken a genuine call and grace of God and I have directed the people to myself. This is what will happen. You will remain ignorant of how to interpret your own dreams. Then after a while, I will say, if you want your dream to really come to pass, take a seed in your hand. Take a seed. Before you know, so you understand that a genuine thing, before you realize, you know, because it starts with one, like, how can I just see and all these people' dreams? Even mineral, they will not bring. You know, because human beings are like that. Say, ah, they will not even bring something for the man of God. Are we, are we playing here? Is and before you know, right? I say, well, it's not to me. Don't, don't give it to me. Bring it to the altar it's not me. And before you know a business eh? then before you know i just buy water praise as you are going because of these dreams just take the water three times before you know a ministry has evolved. Remember I didn't start out to be false. Hmm? This is where I missed it. To so bring them back to the Lord. So, why am I teaching you? I'm teaching you so you will know what to do. So, when you have dreams, are you following what I'm saying? You can interpret. Now, what happens? Let's change the scenario. I teach you. You have an understanding. You pray. You fellowship with the Lord. You go to work. Your friend has a dream. Come on, what's going to happen? You interpret. And your friend is like, how are you able to do this? Come on, what happens? You go back to your notes. You teach your friend. Are you following what I'm saying? You are now being equipped. You are now matured. You are no longer toes to and through. Alright. Um, number five. To make known to men the laws of God. We're looking at the five functions of the Old Testament prophets. To make known the laws of God. Exodus chapter 20 and verse. It's a long reading. But Exodus chapter 20 verse 1 to 17 you realize that the prophets were to make known to the people the laws of God. To to help them understand how the laws of God were to function. So we have the five functions of the Old Testament prophet. To foretell the coming of the Messiah. Are we there? Number two, to foretell future events, read with me, which God had willed. Number three, to warn them of divine judgment upon sin, both of their personal life and what? National life. Number four, to call the people back to obedience to God's laws. Number five, to make known to men, what? The laws of God. Now, why did God start speaking through prophets? Why? Because it was not God's original intention to speak by prophets. Do you remember Adam, the Bible says, in the cool of the evening heard the voice of God. So man created in the beginning, by default heard God. Right? Right? Do you remember that all the scriptures that we read in the Old Testament, God never used any prophet to speak to Abraham. Never used any prophet to speak to Noah. Never used any prophet to speak to Jacob. Never used... Are you following this? God communicated to them directly. At what point did the communication of God and man cease? Exodus chapter 20, verse 18. Exodus twenty eighteen. 18. And you remember what the scripture says in the book of John. My sheep, hears my voice. You know, some people hear too much of Satan, because that's all they are taught. You know, the devil just told me. I just heard the devil said. I just, heard, where are you? <laughs> Hallelujah! Are you still here? I said, are you still here? Exodus chapter twenty and verse eighteen. Uh, when when the laws were given, verse eighteen, all the people perceived the thunder, and the lightning flashes. And the sound of the trumpets. And the mountain smoking. And when the people saw it, they trembled and stood at a distance. You don't know what Jesus had done for you. You know, some of you want to see vision. (laughs) This was when they gave them commandments. Ten commandments. Look at all the trouble. Thunder, lightning, sound of trumpets. Mountain smoking. You know, I was teaching, I'm, I'm going to teach you on the book of Revelation. You know, sometimes when you read the book of Revelation, that Jesus is coming with or, a sword in his mouth and, you know, blood on his robes and on his ties. I read <laughs> If you were waiting for the rapture and you saw a man come like that, you would deny Jesus. If you read that description. Hmm? <laughs> Some of you think if you see these things, you'll be confident. When the lightning that struck at night, you were already covered. You just hear... You went... You went deeper. It was the rats that were telling you, stay on your bed. This is my space. You had... Then you want to... Okay. (laughs) This Holy Spirit that God gave you, just enjoy Him. Stop looking for what is not lost. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Oh, God, speak. Speak, Lord. Speak, Lord. Relax. Listen. He says you will be led by the inward witness. Are you hearing what I'm saying? All right. So verse 19. Then they said to Moses, Speak to us yourself. We will listen. But let God not speak to us or we will die. So it was at this point that Israel rejected hearing the voice of God directly. Huh? So at this point they said, Moses, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay. We understand. You'll be talking to God. You talk to us. We don't want to hear God. If not, we will die. But in Romans chapter 8 verse 14, the Bible says, go to Romans chapter 8 now. So this was restored. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Romans chapter 8, this was restored when we got born again. Romans chapter 8 and verse 14. I like Romans 8 a lot. I like Romans a lot. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful theology. Beautiful theology. Romans chapter 8 and verse 14. It says, For all who are being led, I've always told you Romans eight. Romans eight, fourteen. I've told you being Always watch that word, being led. Not just led once, consistently led by the Spirit of God. These are what? These are what? These are what? The sons of God. Alright? Verse 15. For you have not received the spirit of slavery leading to fear again. What's that spirit of slavery? The spirit we just read about in Exodus that say, you know what? Speak to Moses, don't talk to us. That's the spirit. He says you don't have that spirit to fear again, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons of which we cry out word, Abba, Father. Go to verse 16. Beautiful, beautiful. The spirit, capital S, that, that's talking about the spirit of God. The spirit himself, capital H, testifies, the word testifies there actually is the Greek word bears witness. It, it, uh, uh. It it testifies, it bears witness, it agrees with the fact that our spirit, that we are what? We're the children of God. So, who testifies that you are a child of God? The Holy Spirit. How are you led? The Holy Spirit. How do we know you're a son of God? Being led by what? The Holy Ghost. Actually, the word uh, testify there means he agrees, he bears witness. So if you say, I'm a son of God, the Holy Spirit says, yes, he is one. Praise the name of the Lord. And God wants us to be led by him. Hallelujah. And God wants us to be led by him. Alright, having said that, it's important to understand that God leads, God puts prophets in the office. This is not a teaching to remove prophets. God puts prophets in the body of Christ. Let me have that diagram. Ephesians, go, to, go with me to Ephesians chapter 4. Go with me to Ephesians chapter 4. Uh, hold on. Put, let me have the diagram, but hold on. Go with me to Psalm 68 and verse 18. Psalm 68 and verse 18. Pay attention to something we're going to read, but put up that diagram for me. Psalm 68 and, uh, and verse... Don't attempt to draw that. <laughs> you know, sometimes during biology class, they will put up certain things and tell people to draw. You know, by the time they finished drawing, you look at the board, you look at what they drew. You look at the board, you look at what they drew. You would ask yourself, what is this? Uh, Psalm 68, verse 18. Look at this. It says, You ascended on high, you have led captive your captives. You have received gifts among men, even among the rebellious also. The Lord God may dwell there. Pay attention to that quotation. Now come with me to Ephesians chapter 4. Pay attention to that quotation. Come to, come with me to Ephesians chapter 4 kindly. And verse 11. Ephesians chapter 4. Now... thank you, Lord. It's important to understand that in Ephesians chapter 4, in verse 7, first of all, the Bible says, But to each one of us grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. So every believer has grace. That's very important. You must understand that. Now, go to verse um, 8. Therefore, it says, When he ascended on high, he left captive a host of captives, and he gave gifts to men. Now, this uh, Paul was quoting Psalms that we just read. Okay? Then he says, Now, this expression, He ascended, what does it mean except that He also descended into the lower parts of the earth? He who descended is Himself also. He who ascended far above all things so that He might feel all things. And He gave some. Now, pay attention here. It means that Jesus, during His death, burial, and resurrection, when He resurrected, gave gifts to men. Now, only Jesus, pay attention, has the Spirit without measure. Only Jesus had the Spirit. Have, sorry, not had. Have the spirit present tense without measure. One, only Jesus occupied the fivefold ministry. Maybe we'll teach about that some other time. Jesus was called the good shepherd, the pastoral office. He was called the good teacher, the teaching office. He was called the prophets. He proclaimed the good news. Are you following that? He stood in all the five offices. Now, if you have that expression, J E S U S, which is Jesus, you would realize that there's, like, for instance, the teacher, the evangelist, the pastor, the prophet, and what? And the apostle. What it means, it's like Jesus distributed himself. So, no one man stands in all five offices. In the scriptures, actually, the highest will have a man stand is in three offices, which was Paul, so as an apostle, preacher, and a teacher. Now, in the prophets, pay attention, is a dimension of Jesus is a get, the grace gift of Jesus. What it means, why I show this diagram is what it means is that what the prophet should accomplish in your life is through the prophetic ministry, release a dimension of Christ in him so that you are conformed to the image of Christ, not the image of the prophet. Because the prophet is a channel by which Christ is equipping you. Are we, are we together there? Right. So it's like I have five things, and I want to uh, I, I I I I divide myself into five places. What I represent, what the teacher represents to you, should be a measure of Jesus. What the evangelist represents to you should be a measure of what Jesus. Are you here? What the pastor represents to you should be a measure of what? Jesus. What the prophet represents to you should be a measure of what? Jesus. And what the apostle represents to you should be a measure of what? Jesus. I know some of you, when you are seeing that J-S-U-S and hearing Jesus' what's coming to your mind is birthday cake. <laughs> right? <laughs> you know? So, you realize that each of them... Now, go to... Let's read. Let's complete the reading. Verse um Verse 11. Verse twelve: For the equipping of the saints for the work of service to the building up of the body of Christ. We'd we'll have them to explain this clearly, but understand that all fivefold ministry were given one assignment. They were not given five different assignments. Evangelist, pastor, preacher, evangelist, pastor, apostle, prophet, and teacher was giving just one assignment. What's the one assignment? Catastizo. Equip, equip, equip the saints To come into maturity Which means if a prophet Comes into this church By the time the prophet is done You should be equipped Not like By the time a prophet comes into this church And dazzles and dazzles By the time he leaves And I stand here to start teaching say, ah, my pastor does not have it at all Right Hey, are you here? Have you realized that, and I say this, I say this not only, I say this not only by the authority of God's word, I say this because, and and I posted something on social media today, some stuff going on and I had to comment on it, and I told them the reason why we are where we are, sadly to say, most leaders of churches do not read church history. If they read church history, they will not repeat certain things. You know why? The greatest prophets that ever walked the earth, true church history, every time they died, their church collapsed. You know why? It wasn't built on Jesus. Maybe it started out being built on Jesus, but later was built on the gift, was built on people depending on them. Alexander Doe built a Zion city. Massive man, massive man of God. At a point he said he was the Elisha that was to come. And bam, whole of Zion city went up. I can mention names. I can mention names. Because after a while, the emphasis of the church goes from the word. The emphasis gets on the person. The emphasis gets on the gift. And nobody else can come to that level. And when that man dies, the whole world crumbles. Just a reputation of history. That's why... Ministry is never built on gifts. Ministry is built on the word. During the voice of healing revival, Brother Hagin always told them, "I would not leave all of you. I would not leave all of you because it was building on the word. It was building on the word, and many of them built on gifts, right? Many people build on gifts. All right, now um, go with me to First Corinthians twelve eighteen. First, I need to do Agabus. First Corinthians twelve 18. Let's increase our speed a bit. First Corinthians 12, 18. But now God has placed... The word placed there is the word appointed the members. Each one of them in the body, just as who desires. It's, it's important. Pay attention to that word. Who desires how people are placed? I didn't hear that. Who desires? God. Now, the reason I said that is because... Uh, we have found out that sometimes people um, like certain offices. So they start out as evangelists. You know, as a young brother in church. Say evangelist. He's very humble. Then pastor. After some years of faithful service. They don't do teacher. But I hardly hear people answer teacher. Then the man is an apostle. Then, he gets into prophets. It's not primary school. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It's not a primary school. You know, why the Lord has helped me to to do work? and, And the Lord has graced us. The Lord has graced us. You know, I say this because of the grace of God. Many times when I'm invited, you know, my office has an instruction to always see the flyer before it's put out. And I tell them, it's not because we want to correct how people are designing the flyers. We want to be sure that people are not using titles for me that are not consistent with what I think the Lord has put me in, you know, because I realize even today, people just give you titles when they invite you. They just think, say, man of God, I don't think you are a teacher. Told me, you are a prophet. Oh, God. You no, 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 no. You don't determine what I am. You can receive me as a prophet, but you don't put me in an office because that's not what the Lord did. Sure, that, I mean, highest you can put in front of my name is reverend, which is fine. I mean, it's a good name. <laughs> and pastor. Because I see some young guys just out of their mother's womb as apostles. They have no clue what the office is all about. No maturity to even handle the office. And some of you listening to me, God is calling you into ministry, be careful. You stay where God has put you to stay. And even if God calls you as a prophet, you're not the one to announce it. Keep doing what you're doing, the fruit will speak. We live in a very loud world. Praise the name of the Lord. Are you still here? Alright. 1 Corinthians chapter 14 verse 31. 1 Corinthians fourteen, thirty-one. First Corinthians chapter 14 verse 31. Because we're going to deal with this next week. First Corinthians fourteen thirty one. It says, For you can all prophesy one by one, so that all may learn and all may be exalted. So there is order in the administration of the gifts. Let let's just go somewhere quickly. Um, it's a long reading, but it's an instruction on how the gifts of God should operate in the local church. Can we go to verse twenty-seven. Go to verse 27. Let me just say something here quickly. Just bear with me. It says, if anyone speaks in tongues, should be two or three at most, or at most three, and each in turn, and one must interpret. What Paul was saying is that because the Corinthians church were not lacking behind in any gift. You could come into the church service and it was just tongues. And people were sleeping with their father's wives. Just some crazy things going on. And that's why I've always told people, especially within our church network, that when you lead prayers, especially when you're the one leading prayers, you don't have to speak in tongues all the time. You have to lead in understanding. There's nothing wrong with praying in understanding. We almost make it look like if you pray in English, you are not a serious Christian. So, so you see somebody leading prayer. Let us pray. You have not even heard. What are you praying now? Let us pray for Pastor. No. What are we. When Paul. When Paul asks for prayers, go and buy that book, pray for us. He said what they should. Pray for us that we might have what? utterance. There's nothing wrong in praying in English. Absolutely nothing wrong. (laughs) Some of you don't even hear prayer points. One is saying, Jesus' name, you are praying in tongues. Let us pray. Relax, relax. Hear the prayer points so that we can agree. You know, sometimes, you, I need to teach you how to pray corporate prayer. Sometimes you're praying corporate prayer, you are just on your own. They say, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. What is that? You, you have someone leading you. You have to follow that person. Praise the name of the Lord. So Paul says, if we come to church Two or three people should speak in tongues. Then someone should interpret because unbelievers were coming and they didn't have uh, knowledge of the tongues. And let me just say this quickly while I'm here. There were different kinds of tongues in the New Testament. The tongues that were spoken in the Acts of Apostles was not the tongues we speak now. The Bible says we heard the wonderful works of God in our languages. That means they spoke languages that other men understood, which they were supernaturally enabled. For instance, I am not... um, uh, I am not uh, an Igbo person, okay? And it's, it, it, it should be clear by now that I'm not an Igbo person. But imagine I go and preach in Igbo. And I start speaking in tongues. And that tongue is a fluent Igbo language. That's supernatural. And we've had people walking that, that. goes. Uh, we had a missionary who went to a particular language. And, and He couldn't speak the language. He started praying in the spirit. And every word he spoke was in that language. He preached the gospel to them in that language. You know, we haven't really understood tongues. Tongues is a language. It's not just monosyllabos. It's no, it's a language of the Spirit. And if you understand how tongues function, when you have prayed in tongues, you ought to listen deep down on on your inside. And God will interpret your tongues to you. It will give you direction. You know, we like drama in church. I remember one time. I don't even know. Thank God for the days of ignorance. are uh, gone. We wanted to have, I think I've said this, we wanted to have this prayer meeting. And uh, they said that we're going to invite someone to come to preach to us. That in those days, those propeller fans just came out. We were in school. Just those iron fans. That when he's praying, he carries uh, in that fan and prays for one hour. Ah, we were, we were, oh God. We, we were like, he needs to come. You know, it was... It was later. <coughs> I went with my uh, went back to the hostel. So I asked my friend. I said, Wait, 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 wait. So, what is the what is the purpose of first of all carrying the fan? Then secondly, how will he carry that fan for one hour and pray? We have just been lied to. <laughs> oh boy, we've just been lied to because we wanted to show that the man was powerful you see every, don't try to help god don't exaggerate are you hearing what I'm saying you know you know you know why I know that a lot of people don't pray It's when we come from betting a travel after thirty minutes, you know when we start praying. Let us pray today. Thank God for his goodness. Malaka Tabaya. thirty minutes. Hey, hey, hey. Hey. One hour. You see, I know you don't pray. The reason people don't show up for betting and travel is because we say it's two hours of prayer. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You, you don't pray. You don't pray long. It showed the disciples. <laughs> they said, can you know what to would be for one hour? They came by said, they were sleeping. The men that followed Jesus for three and a half years, no prayer life. When they said, teach us to pray, they didn't practice prayer. No matter how many prayer books you read, if you don't pray, you can't learn how to pray. Jesus came back again. The Bible says their eyes were heavy. So, oh Jesus. Those disciples suffered our master. Imagine Jesus standing. You know, some of you were thinking that if you serve with Jesus, you will be a prayer warrior. It's a lie. Jesus came and told them, Let us pray. Immediately, Jesus said, Has he gone? See, see. Can you see him? Say no. See, you are not seeing him. See. He said, Give me rapa. Give me rapa. <laughs> see, guys, it, Jesus came back the third time. You know, I told you, those of you in camp, I'm going to write that book, When Not to Sleep. Jesus came back the third time and said, Sleep on. He just said, Sleep. If Jesus had depended on their prayer, he would have jumped down from the cross. <laughs> Let me tell you, in this life, huh, you have to pray yourself. What is it? I have a praying mother. I have a. Your mother is sleeping. No, it's not that she wants to sleep. She had spread your name before the Lord and also spread before the Lord. In her mind, she's praying. I have a praying mother. I have a praying mother. Don't let the devil mess up with your life. Pray yourself. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And all those lazy men, I don't know why I'm saying this. I didn't come back to my notes. All those lazy men who want to pray marry a praying wife, shame on you. So you will do what? How can your wife pray more than you? You are a natural embarrassment. To so Christian say, I want to marry a praying wife. Praying wife, hold the marriage together. Are you, are you, are you, are you? What should they do to you? Your wife should wake up, meet you praying. Your children should wake up, meet you praying. You should be a model in every area. Your wife should trust that, listen, my husband will pray for me. I don't want to raise such... Weak, lilied men. Are you not eating? Are you not eat? Have you not heard that man shall not live by bread alone? Let's go back. Where was I? This things get me angry. I want to marry a praying wife. A praying wife. So that you'll be reading newspaper, watching, watching Manchester United. The way you now misbehaving. You are not ashamed. You are a man in the house. They are carrying your name everywhere. You are not a prayer project. Everywhere your wife sees somebody, say, my husband, no. My husband. Are you, what kind of, ah. You say, pray, say his name is Joe. Say, just mention his name in prayer. They are not carrying you, your wife has belonged to six prayer groups for you alone. Then when they say men should stand up, you too, you will now stand up. Let me just finish this one. It's important. Do you, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Do you realize that it was Isaac that prayed for his wife and healed her of barrenness? Isaac. Came and said, you know what? This one is okay. I think the devil is going too far. And prayed for the wife. The last time you prayed for your wife, the only prayer prayer, Father make you hear word, Father make you hear word, make you hear word. It's, God did not answer. There is no prayer prayer. You, you don't even know what to pray from the scripture. All right, let's go to First Corinthians fourteen thirty-one. I'll, I'll I'll deal with you some other day. We would would have a conversation around this. Okay, am I right? First Corinthians. Okay, we were in verse what now? Verse twenty-nine. Okay, quickly. Oh bye. quickly. It says, "Let two or three prophets speak." Look at this. Let two or three prophets speak. And let the others do what? No, I want to hear that. I want to hear that. I want to hear that. Let the others do what, church? The, the Bible says that after prophets have spoken, we can pass judgment. Why do you get angry if your prophecy is judged? Let's pass judgment on the things you've declared. Let's, judgment does not mean criticism. It means discernment. Yeah, right? Because if I'm talking about judgment, what am I talking about? You are bringing facts. You bring your facts, I'll bring my facts, and I'll decide. So when you give a prophetic word, I'm looking at the word of God, I'm looking at the fruits, I'm looking at the spirit, I'm looking at everything. Okay. All right. He says, But if a revelation is made to another one who is seated, the first one must keep silent. He says, for you can all prophesy one by one, so that all may learn and all may be exalted. So Paul says that everyone can prophesy, just as Moses desired that all of God's people will be prophets. This is where I like. He says, and the spirits, spirits, spirits here is small s, I've always told you, pay attention, which the, now is not talking about the spirit of God. He's talking about the spirits of the prophet. He says, the spirits of the prophet are subject to the prophet, which means that the, the prophet can exercise self control. Are you hearing what I'm saying now? You can't, you can't, you can't. You can't exercise self-control. That's why uh, when you're standing up in prophesying, maybe we'll talk about that on Wednesday, many times you read King James English, you will start prophesying the way they do in King James. You know, some of you think if you say, Thus saith thou the Lord, he hath come it. It's not spiritual. Because <laughs> we grew up reading King James English, alright? And then some people will, at the end of the, whatever word they give, say, Thus saith the Lord alright yeah. but as you mature you would learn to give prophetic words just normally sometimes you don't even have to say thus the Lord praise the name of the Lord let's go quickly I, I really want to talk about the New Testament prophets can we do that um, alright let me, let me see what I can do in 10 minutes let's go to 1 Corinthians fourteen twenty nine. New Testament prophets, and then uh, so let's look at New Testament prophets. You know, actually, today we were supposed to study New Testament prophets. So let's start. First Corinthians fourteen twenty nine. First Corinthians f- fourteen twenty nine. It says, "Let two or three prophets speak, and let the others pass judgment." So we realize in the New Testament they were prophets, not just one. They were a company of prophets. Now, I want to I want to give you. Um, uh, a, 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 a specific example in the person of Agabus. So come with me to Acts chapter 11, Prophet Agabus, one of the prophets that was mentioned in the New Testament. Acts chapter 11, and we're going to read from verse 27 to 30. 230, 230. Please follow me carefully. If sleep was coming, drive it away. Acts 11 27. Acts 11 27. All right. Acts eleven twenty seven. Let's read this. And uh, when he had found him, he brought him to Antioch. Um, can I get Better get it. Antioch. No, nope. all right. Come with me first of all to. Okay, let's do Agabus. We'll get to Antioch. No. Come to Acts 13.1. Let's read that. We'll come back to Acts 11. Go to Acts 13.1 quickly. Now, they were at Antioch in the church that was there. What is that? Prophets and what? Teachers. So, prophets, plural, plural, sorry, not capital. Plural means there were many prophets and what? Teachers. Now, come to Acts chapter 11, verse 26. And when he had found him, talking about Saul, he brought him to Antioch. And for an entire year, they met with the church and taught considerable numbers. And the disciples were first called Christians in Antioch. Verse 27, Acts eleven twenty-seven. Now look at this. Now at this time, some prophets plural came down from Jerusalem to Antioch. So when you watch in the New Testament, there were always company of prophets. It wasn't just one lone man doing something. They always were in groups, you know, and they were always referenced to the local church, either Jerusalem or Antioch. Let's do this quickly. And it says one of them named Agabus stood up and began to indicate, look at this, by the spirits, what? That there would certainly be a great famine in all over the world. And this took place, pay attention, and this took place in the reign of Claudius. Now, what happened was that Agabus prophesied that there was going to be a famine. Right, And this took place in the reign of Agabus. Come with me to the Amplified Version. Acts chapter 11, verse 27. Quickly. Amplifying. And during these days, Amplified Version. And during these days, prophets, prophets, prophets. Look at the word in bracket. Everybody, let's read it loud and clear. What does that word say when you talk about prophets? Inspired teachers. Look at this. What's the next line? Interpreters of the divine will and purpose interpreters of the divine will and purpose now observe when they came into the new testament their functionality changed they were given direction but the direction was consistent with divine will and purpose now come quickly read on then it says uh verse what now verse 28 verse 28 right and one of them, Agabus, stood up and prophesied through the Holy Spirit that a great and severe famine would come upon the whole world. And these did occur during the reign of Claudius. Verse 29. 29, the purpose there. So the disciples resolved to send relief. Each according to his individual ability, in proportion as he had prospered, to the brethren who lived in Judea. Verse thirty. And so they did, sending their contributions to the elders by the hand of Barnabas and Saul. So why did God make Agabus give this prophecy? Is so that the saints would respond, so that the brothers that were going through famine, the Holy Spirit had already told the church to be ready. Isn't it shocking that nobody saw COVID? And then after COVID had come, we're trying to talk about the mark of the beast, 666, because we like fooling ourselves. Nobody saw it. I didn't. You know, it's when things have happened, we start looking for old video. And when pastor was preaching, person has said, call. But he didn't put the video. When we read here now, was it not clear? The man stood up and said there was going to be famine. You see, when prophets speak such words, it's to prepare the church so that the church is not taken unawares. Imagine if maybe two years before time, prophets came and declared that COVID was going to come. How prepared would the body of Christ have been for that season? Some people, were locked, some people even went to preach and they were locked down in those places. You know, I came back from the U.S. in January and COVID was much. If I had delayed all those my long travel, realized that for two years, I would not have been with my family. Locked down somewhere. Well, of course, you can't see everything, but they didn't see that one. Now, Acts chapter 9. Acts 9. Acts 9. No, Acts 21. Acts 21. Verse 10. Acts 21, 10. Let's use the... No, let's use the New American. Acts 21.10. <laughs> Hallelujah. So the prophetic word came to prepare the church. You see, the truth of the matter is that we need to all mature. Hallelujah. Are you still here? We need to all mature. You see, there, there are some of you here in church. God needs to use you in this dimension. You should be able to tell us, Oh, Pastor, when I was praying, this is what I sensed was coming to the church. This is what I sensed was going to happen. You see, the problem is that when we are in church, we are busy fighting ourselves, busy quarreling, busy not greeting this one, busy this one greeted me, they made this one head. We So there is no room for, for the Holy Spirit to move. No room. God wants to reveal things to us. God doesn't want to take us by, by, by surprise. But you see, our life is consumed with self. Consume with strife. Consume with distraction. The one that is not consumed with distraction is consumed with movies. Consume with all kinds of things. We, we're we so buried in the world, there's no divine science. If you walk with God, he will show you things to come. Your path will be clear. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Come on, I say, are you hearing what I'm saying? <laughs> Acts twenty one ten. Do you realize that even for the children that were being born, God gave names. Hmm? Yeah. Today we don't, we don't, we don't go, just go online. <laughs> Cute name for ladies. <sighs> Cynthia. God, I don't like that one. There are too many Cynthia. Silly. Yeah, eh. They would think the girl does not have sense. <laughs> Sandin. Mm, I don't. We just choose names. No. Divine purpose. No clarity. What will this child do? No. Some of you will distribute the names. This is the one the grandfather gave him. Iseto. This is the one the mother gave him. Aki. This is the one the uh, auntie gave him. Makulu. This is a, ten names, one child. <laughs> Did you ask God what will this child represent? You know, I said some of these things. It looks like I'm joking, but these are serious issues. These are serious issues. You know, my son, Caris. His Caris is the name who gave him grace, but Ray is the name the Lord gave me for him. And the Lord said at his birth, he will be a sign that I was going to bless you. He will be a ray of hope for you. That's where his name Ray came from. It wasn't just uh, I like Ray. I, I just like the, the way it sounds. And Adele, she named the Lord Pretty in the Spirit. You have a purpose. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I'm not teaching you this so that, no, I'm teaching you so that you will begin to walk in the prophetic in your own life. There will be direction. There will not be Confusion. Are you hearing what I'm saying? All right, let's wrap this up very quickly now. Praise God. Acts 21.10. Are you there? Let's just finish this. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We'll finish. We'll continue from here. Verse 10. Okay, go to verse 8. And we'll we'll stop in verse 14. Verse 8. On the next day we left and came to Caesarea and entered the house of Philip the evangelist who was one of the seven. Remember Philip that was chosen to serve tables. We stayed with him. Now, this man had four virgin daughters who were prophetesses. Yeah? All the girls in the house, prophetesses. Imagine being in this kind of house. Oh boy, delighted lighted with fire. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Women, I, you know, I always like to encourage women. Let God use you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? A woman's life can be so bogged down with work, distraction fashion, shoes. You have many things that you can just go through this life and divine purpose. That's why I wrote relevant for God's eternal purpose. If you study scripture, you see that God used women considerably. And when God is using you, it's not just to be teaching relationship. Hmm? Are you hearing what I'm saying? God used you. Four daughters were prophetess. (laughs) As we were staying there for some days, a prophet named Agabus came down from Judea. And coming to us, he took Paul's belt and bound his own feet and hands and said, this is what the Holy Spirit says. Pay attention. This is what the Holy Spirit says. In this way, the Jews at Jerusalem will bind the man who owns this belt and deliver him into the hands of the Gentiles. When we heard this, we as well, the local resident began begging him not to go up to Jerusalem, begging Paul. Remember, his prophecy had come to pass before. So this was not just a false prophet. This was the same man that talked about the famine. Then Paul answered, What are you doing? Weeping and breaking my heart. For I am ready not only to be bound, but even to die at Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus. What courage. What courage. He says, You guys are crying and breaking my heart. He says, I'm not only ready to be bound, I'm going to die. I'm ready to die. Why did Paul make this statement? We'll come back here. One more scripture. Please, Acts 9.16, quickly. Acts 9.16. Why did Paul make this statement? Acts 9.16 Thank you Lord Jesus. Acts 9.16 It says It says For I will show him how much he must suffer for my name's sake. So God had told Paul what he, su- what he will suffer. You know, in another place it says, the Holy Spirit signifying in every city what he was going to go through for the Lord. Because Paul had that. That gave him the courage that when the prophet, go back to Acts ask, ask me, when the prophet prophesied this, you know what Paul said? Paul says, I'm ready to go. This is not going to move me. I'm ready to go. Go to verse, uh, verse what now? Go to verse 13. Then Paul answered, What are you doing, weeping and breaking my heart? I'm ready not only to be bound, but even to die at at Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus. And since he would not be persuaded, we fell silent, remarking the will of the Lord be done. Can you see how Paul treated this prophecy? Then Agabus didn't get angry. The Holy Spirit that spoke through Agabus had confirmed the same thing to Paul in Acts chapter 9. So Paul knew. So prophets in the New Testament confirm what's already in your spirit. Are you hearing this now? They confirm what's already in your spirit. They confirm what's already in your spirit. So if a direction is coming, there will be a confirmation in your heart where that direction is. So, for instance, I've heard people say, Pastor, everywhere I go, people prophesy that I will be a pastor, but I don't really want to be a pastor. What do you think? Listen, you can't get into ministry by people's prophecy. It's got to be conviction in your heart. You know, there's a way you can cut your hair. People will just think you, you look uh, like, as uh, I said, look evangelistic in nature. You just come and say, I'm an older man of God. Eh? But there's a way you can look. Maybe everybody's not dressed seriously. You are dressed with tie. You are taking notes. Eh? they can just think that ah, evangelists in the making so you have to not only take the words of the prophet but it has to be affirmed in your spirit because if it's the same Holy Spirit that is speaking through the prophet the same Holy Spirit in you will bear witness are you still here? so we'll build up from here next Wednesday let's pray Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ we pray that you will take these words you would engrave them in our hearts. You give us the grace to leave them. And Lord, we pray that this truth will go forth to the nations of the earth. In Jesus' mighty name.